Burnett is going to be bringing the word. If you haven't met JC and Amber, you need to know them. They're an amazing couple. They serve in all different places. You'll see them a lot of times behind the scenes. But I want you to know that Pastor JC is an amazing word, man of God. And he serves as the district administrator for our Northwest District as a whole for Foursquare, which is the umbrella that we're under as a church. So he actually serves to keep in line over 200 churches that go from Washington all the way to North Dakota. So will you welcome with me Pastor J.C. Burnett? Good morning. It's always a pleasure to be able to uh, speak to my own, my own church, my own church family. Uh, mainly because uh, Omar always has me speak on something new, and so I'm able to try out new material so that if I go speak somewhere else, I can just use something that I've already preached. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, it's always great to be here and to serve. Um, this morning, we are continuing our series in Proverbs, and I can't help but with this series... Go back to, I, I, I was a youth pastor for a number of years, and as a youth pastor, we would uh, do things to help encourage or pique interest uh, in the youth to wanting to read their Bibles. And so today we're going to start off, it's 4th of July weekend, we need to wake up a little bit, it's, uh, we're going to play a game called What? That's in the Bible? <laughs> and so how this works is I'm going to give you a scripture, and then when I'm done, you're gonna say, what? That's in the Bible, okay? So we're gonna try this out. Uh, be fair warned, uh, this will get a little PG-13, okay? <laughs> Not this first one, but, but later. So this first one. Like a gold ring in a pig's snout is a beautiful woman who shows no discretion. That was good, that was good, but we can do better, okay? So let's, let's do it, let's do it one more time. And uh, I'm gonna read out of, out of the message version because I, I enjoyed the scripture a little bit more in the message. Your spring water is for you and you only, not to be passed around among strangers. Bless your fresh flowing fountain. Enjoy the wife you married as a young man. Lovely as an angel, beautiful as a rose, don't ever quit taking delight in her body. Never take her love for granted. Why would you trade enduring intimacies for cheap thrills with a whore? For dalliance with a promiscuous stranger? That is in the Bible. So you're welcome, youth. Um, if you don't read your Bible, you really should. There's a lot of great things in there. I recommend things like First and Second Kings, Proverbs, Song of Solomon, and Revelation. Those are good places to start. Lots of action-packed things in there. Um, but this, let's pray. <laughs> Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you are real and honest. Thank you that you don't pull any punches. 
Lord, open your word to us this morning. Speak to our hearts. Help us understand more of you this morning. In your name we pray, amen. 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 Have you ever gotten a call from a friend, or maybe it was a text, and they asked you to help them move? Now, I'm just talking about myself here, but you immediately start hoping and praying that you already have something on the calendar so that you are able to say no. Or maybe you start asking all the questions and, and hedging. You know, well, when, when, when do you need us again? When is that? Oh, I, mm, I'll have to check my calendar. I, I think I might have something, but I'll check. I, oh, I need to check with my spouse. We, we might have something going on, but I'll, I'll let you know. Am, am I the only jerk here? Or maybe you're paying for some healthy and delicious fast food. And, and they ask you if you want to donate, you know, round up your change or donate something to charity. And without even thinking, you're like, no. Or you start doing the math and you're like, well, if I round up the change, that's 40 cents. I might need that 40 cents. No, I'm sorry, I can't help the sick children today. I need my 40 cents. Or we're having a conversation with someone, could be a coworker, a friend, a family member, and they've done something that, you know, there's, there's a natural inclination where it's like, oh, I, I should give them some encouragement, I should compliment them, tell them they get, did a good job, or how much I care about them, or I'm concerned for them. But instead of doing those things, we just pull back. We don't say that, or we make a joke instead. I'm, I'm, I'm the only one that does these things, because, I mean, this message just might be for me. So, so why is it that in so many situations in our life, when we're asked to give something, we're asked to give some time, maybe some money, energy, affection, our natural inclination is just to go, no. Well, to put it plainly, it's because we're selfish. We're sinful and we're selfish. We are selfish, selfish people. I don't want to help you move because I want to use my time to do the things I want to do that will bring me pleasure. And helping you move doesn't bring me pleasure. I don't want to give to charity or other people because I want to accumulate wealth so that I can buy things that will bring me pleasure. I don't want to give you affection or show you love or encouragement because you may reject me, you might hurt me, you might think it's a weakness to show those things and use that against me. And I just don't want to deal with that because that interrupts my pleasure. Now, what about those people who are not like me, who naturally are willing to help? They give of themselves and their money freely. Don't they just make you sick? Ugh, so annoying. Well, this morning, we're going to talk about those people. 
the good people, not the people like me. Proverbs 11, starting in verse 24. One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Now, as I go about this message, I'm, I'm going to give you a lot of disclaimers. I'm gonna do the, the old uh, uh, pastor's trick of, here's what I'm not saying, and in doing so, helping explain what I am saying. So here's disclaimer number one. I'm not talking about tithing today. I just wanna get that out of the way. Usually when you hear this proverb, it's in the context of a tithing message. I'm not talking about tithing. I will, money is part of what we will talk about this morning, but this is not a money talk. You know, uh, some of you may have started with this scripture and you started to get a little twitchy because this passage has been used and abused in getting people to give money to ministry. I remember distinctly this one time I was watching Christian television which I don't often do, but for some reason I was watching it, and there was, there was this preacher up there, and they were talking, one of the scriptures they used was this scripture, and they were talking about, you need to give to this ministry, because if you give, your God is going to give you so much more. God's gonna bless you so much more financially. If you only have $100 left in your bank account, you need to give those $100 to this Christian television station because then the Lord will have to be compelled to, be obligated to give you even more money financially and bless you, okay? Spoiler alert, God doesn't have to do anything he doesn't wanna do. And you doing something doesn't compel God to do something like that, okay? So, this whole notion of if I give God money sacrificially, then he is obligated to give me money in return. That is not what we're talking about today. And I apologize if you've ever heard that message and heard this scripture in that context. That is not what this verse is saying. So what is this verse saying? Be generous with your life. As we established, I'm not just talking about money. While that is part of it, this scripture is referencing a way of life. A life that is generous will be blessed, and if you are generous with your time, your energy, your affection, your love, and yes, your money, then you will be blessed. If you are not generous with those things, you will not be blessed. I like how the message puts this verse the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. The more you give of yourself, the more you will get back. The more you bless, the more you are blessed. The more you help, the more you are, are helped. Now, disclaimer number two. If you're an introvert like me, you might be starting to get a little twitchy, okay? Because when you hear me talking about this, giving of time, of energy, 
you start thinking, I don't like to give time and energy to people. I'm an introvert. Just leave me alone with my books and my thoughts, and I'm good, okay? Here's the thing. Even if you're an introvert, I know you have a small group of people that you like to give your time and energy to. You don't have to have a million friends to be generous with your life, but be generous with the few people that you do have, okay? And it's been a long holiday weekend. I know that there are introverts who are not here because they've been around people for four days and they're tired of people. <laughs> and if you are with an introvert right now, just when you're done with church, just leave them alone for the rest of the day, all right? They need, they need to be recharged for a little bit. The concept of generosity and being generous with your life as followers of Christ, we see this over and over and over in the scriptures. Proverbs 22, nine, the generous will themselves be blessed for they share their food with the poor. Whoever tries to keep their life will lose it and whoever loses their life will preserve it. First Timothy chapter six, starting verse 17, this is out of the message. Tell those who are rich in this world's wealth to quit being so full of themselves and so obsessed with money which is here today and gone tomorrow. Tell them to go after God who piles on riches we could, piles on all the riches we could ever imagine to do good, to be rich in helping others, to be extravagantly generous. If they do that, they'll build a treasury that will last gaining life that is truly life. Even our culture understands and champions this principle. Don't live for yourself, live for others. Have you ever seen a movie where there's this arrogant, selfish person and they do something stupid? Maybe, uh, you know, they do a little drinking and driving or something. So what happens? They get sentenced to community service. And their community service just happens to be that they have to teach a sport with a ragtag group of kids that are down and out. What happens? They teach them, they win some championship, but at the end of the movie, there's always some line that's like, I thought I was here to teach you kids something, but you taught me so much more. <laughs> or superheroes, superheroes. The whole basis of superheroes is that they sacrifice themselves for the good of everybody else. Yesterday, I read about two sisters whose father uh, passed away from kidney failure. And one of the sisters was actually about to donate a kidney to her father so her father could continue to live. But unfortunately, he passed away before they could do the, do the, uh, the, the kidney transplant. So instead... These two sisters decided, we'll still give kidneys, but to complete strangers. They're going to give that. And then other people found out about what these sisters were doing, and 10 other people decided to donate a kidney to a complete stranger based on the example of these two sisters. Our society and culture understands that there is something about giving of yourself being generous 
But what happens if it stops feeling good? What happens when you really are being sacrificial? You see, our culture often do, does these things for the wrong reasons. They do it to feel good. They do it to make society better. And while these are good things, what happens when you're in the midst of your life and you haven't gotten to your aha moment yet where doing these things feels good? If our motivation is to get more than we gave or to get that kick of good feelings or merely to make society a better place, then I think we miss the real reason of why we are to be generous. Now, getting more than we gave, feeling good, and making society a better place, they're all good things, and I believe that they are all byproducts of the generous life, but they're not supposed to be the motivation and the reason that we are generous. So why are we called to live this way? Why are we called to a life of generosity? We always, always, always have to remember that as a follower of Christ, we are called to show people what God is like. People should see God's heart reflected in our lives and in our actions. Scripture says we are to be imitators of God. And so the reason we are called to a generous life is we are generous because God is generous. God is generous. He is generous with his love, his unconditional love for us, his never-ending forgiveness, his grace, his mercy, his acceptance of us where we are. On and on and on we can go with the generosity of God and how generous he is. Therefore, if we are to be imitators of God, are we not also supposed to be generous with everything we have? Our motivation, we live generously because God is generous. And people need to see God. Now, here comes another disclaimer. Some of you might be saying, but I've got this friend. They always seem to need something. They're always taking, taking, taking. I call these people emotional leeches. Spoiler alert, they might also be financial leeches. But they're always asking for something of you. What about those people? What about the people who are always taking, taking, taking? They may also be ungrateful. They may never say thank you when you give. What, what about those people? I, I don't want to deal with those people. Well, we are also called to be generous with the truth. As long as we communicate truth with love, it's okay. It's okay to communicate the truth. We are called to be generous, but we are not called to be an enabler. In fact, if you truly love them, you're going to be generous with the truth in love. If they freak out, 
That's on them. That's not on you. You still love them and you're still generous with them, but you don't have to enable their behaviors and their way of life that's not in their best interest. In thinking of this, I, I think of Romans 2, 4 out of the message where it says, God is kind, but he's not soft. In kindness, he takes us firmly by the hand and leads us to a radical life change. I love that. God is kind, but he's not soft. In other translations, basically what this says is his kindness leads us to repentance. If you're generous, if you're kind, if you communicate the truth in love while not being soft or enabling, then hopefully that person will see God in your actions. You don't always have to agree with somebody. You don't always have to enable their self-destructive behaviors. Be kind, but not soft. Have your boundaries. It's hard to live a life of generosity. It's not easy, yet it's what we are called to do. Why? Why are we called to be generous? Outside of, because, oh, God's generous, so I have to be generous. Generosity confronts selfishness. By being generous, we immediately confront selfish parts of our lives. Like the examples I gave at the beginning, as silly as they are, they're real examples of tensions that we find ourselves in on an almost daily basis. Selfishness wants to protect and hold everything for ourselves. Generosity denies the selfish and sinful nature and says, it's not about me and it's not about my comfort. Matthew 22, starting in verse 36. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. If you love your neighbor or if you love others as yourself, will you not be generous with them? Will you not treat them the way you want to be treated? Who here doesn't want to be loved? They want to be accepted for who they are. They want to be forgiven and shown grace when they mess up. They want to be told the truth in love. Yes, you want to be blessed financially. You want to be helped in your time of need. On and on we go. Generosity strikes at the heart of selfishness. For those of you that are married, you realize this as soon as you got married. All of a sudden, there was this other person here with you all the time. And they didn't think like you, they didn't do everything exactly like you, and they didn't spend their time exactly the way you wanted to spend your time. You had to be generous. You had to compromise. You, you realize, I am a selfish person. Because this person is different. And they have different priorities. And then, you made the amazing decision to have a child. 
And you then realize that you're even way more selfish than you ever thought you were. Because now you have this little person that demands more time, more care, more energy than you ever thought you knew. You can't watch every TV show that you want to watch because then your child is going to say inappropriate things. <laughs> we are so selfish, but generosity strikes at the heart of that. If you feel you've been selfish in some way, then go be generous. It takes care of it. If you want to know what someone truly cares about, look at three things in their life. Look at how they spend their money, their time, and their energy. You'll see what they truly love. What do you spend your money on? Do you give money away? What do you spend your time doing? What do you put your energy behind? Oftentimes, time and energy can be overlapped but I think we can all agree that we can spend our time doing something and have no energy behind it. Sometimes we do that at work, let's be honest. We're just trying to get through the day. So we're there, but we're doing the bare minimum. Sometimes when we're with our family, while we may be there physically, we are not there in energy, in our thoughts, our focus, they're somewhere else. We're on our phone. We're on our computer. We're just watching TV. We're there, but we're not giving of our energy. We all lament going to a restaurant and looking around and everybody's on their phones, not talking to each other. And we all talk about, oh, Man, look at the, how sad is this? And then we pull out our phone and we start doing all that. What do you put your money, your time, and your energy behind? That's what you truly love. That's what you care about. Now, here's another disclaimer. Am I saying a generous life has no room for yourself? That's not what I'm saying. Jesus needed some alone time with the Father, away from people. It's not healthy to always being go, 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 give, 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 give. If you do that, you're gonna get sick. <laughs> you're gonna crash. It's not good. I can't tell you how many pastors I've seen who just go, 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 go too hard. And then I believe it's honestly a God-given thing where they're, you know, struck down with pneumonia or something where all of a sudden they are forced to rest for a month. Like, it just happens to people who are always like that. That is not what a generous life is calling you to be. You need to have alone time. It's more about examining the totality of your money, time, and energy spent and going, am I a generous person? Do you give of yourself and your finances or are you living to bring pleasure to yourself? Now, while we are called to live a life of generosity, there actually is this interesting God-given balance that we need to maintain. People often think of Christianity as a list of do's and don'ts. Do this, 
don't do this. I don't think of it as a list of do's and don'ts. I think of it as generosity restrained. The opposite of generosity is restraint. Life and following Christ is a constant battle about what to restrain and what to be generous with. When we see a life that's spiraling out of control, what do we see? We see little to no restraint. And without restraint, you either end up having too much generosity in areas of your life or you have no generosity in other areas. As a follower of Christ, we are called to have an abundance of restraint and generosity. Restrain yourself sexually outside of marriage, but be generous with the affection, intimacy, sex, and love with your spouse. Instead of calling someone a name, you could just say, they're just being overly generous with their bodies. <laughs> Restrain your spending and steward your money, but be generous with your money to those in need. Restrain your time spent on idle things, your phone, television, but be generous with time spent with your loved ones. I have yet to meet someone who wishes they, meant they, they spent more time working, watching more TV, playing more video games, messing around on their phone more. Instead, we see people at the end of their lives wishing they would have given more time and energy to their loved ones, the things that matter. Yet, what do we all do? I'm gonna go home and turn the TV on. I'm gonna be honest with you. It's what we do. Restrain your temper. Restrain quarrelsome opinions. Restrain your attitude, but be generous with grace and mercy. Restrain your tongue, but be generous with listening and encouragement. Be generous with your time with others, but restrain some time for yourself and God. Be generous with others, but restrain yourself from being dragged into their sin. Do you see what I'm talking about? A generous life is not one free of restraint, but rather it is a life where generosity and restraint work hand in hand. They work hand in hand to help you imitate God and show others what God is like. God can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, but we also know that God restrains himself. God has given us free will and he allows us to exercise it. God could come in and he could, he could make you do whatever he wanted to, but he doesn't. He restrains himself. And he's generous with his love, affection, forgiveness. Generosity and restraint, we need to have both of those in abundance. And finally, generosity requires 
sacrifice, and obedience. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God's entire life is an act of sacrificial generosity. God was so generous with his love that he left heaven where everything is perfect. There is no sadness. There is no sin. There is no jerks. And he came to earth. He left that. And not only did he come to earth, but then as we celebrated this morning, he allowed himself to die on a cross so that we could be reconciled to him. God sacrificed heaven and himself for us. I would say that's pretty generous. And as we are called to be generous, it will take some sacrifice. I'm going to be honest, I enjoy being financially generous in general. But it became a lot easier for me to be generous with my finances when I had more finances. When the sacrifice wasn't as strong. But I will say that when I didn't have money was when financial generosity was cemented in me because I had to make a choice. I had to decide that I was going to obey and trust God with my finances. And it was sacrificial because I did not have much in the way of finances at the time. I didn't do it because of if I give more, I'll get more. I did it because he asked me to. He asked me to trust him in this way because I was really focused on money and wealth and greed. Even though I didn't have any of it, it's what I wanted. But by committing to tithe a full 10% and also be generous at other times, giving a little bit more, by being financially generous with my siblings, my family, my loved ones. God confronted the selfish part of me that was filled with greed. Now, while from the moment I made that decision, I wasn't always as good financially as I am now. It didn't immediately change my finances. I, I didn't, you know, win the lottery or anything like that. But... God met every financial need I had. And that was the point. And I'm not as focused on money as I was then. Because I know God, as long as I'm making good financial decisions, God is there. He's gonna meet my need. But yet, I consistently find that my natural inclination is to not be generous. I still fight that part of me. There are times I don't notice an opportunity to be generous when it's staring me in the face. We can find ourselves oblivious to opportunities to be generous. 
So we have to continually work and be conscious of these areas of our lives. You may also be an amazing financial giver. You may be blessed with that gift. Look at Romans 12. It's listed as a gift that some people are called to be givers. But that alone doesn't mean that you live a generous life. You can give everything you have away and still be an arrogant jerk who is not generous with your love, affection, time, service, help. We are not called to be generous with one thing, but rather generous with our entire lives while having the God-given restraint. What is God calling you to be generous with this morning? What is God asking you to sacrifice, to be generous with, to confront a selfish part of you? Do you need to put down the phone, turn off the TV, and be generous with your children and spouse? Do you need to financially sacrifice, not to compel God to bless you with more, but rather as just an act of trust and obedience? Do you need to sacrifice some alone time to be with a friend? Do you need to be generous with your vulnerability and tell that person everything you've wanted to tell them? to speak the truth and love to somebody. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. May people say that about us as we follow Christ and become curious as to why our generosity seems different than everybody else's. May they see the generous heart of God in us. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for all your love, all your acceptance, all your forgiveness, all your grace and your mercy that you pour out on us every day. Help us confront our selfishness and say, it's not about me. Help me imitate you. If this morning you have never accepted God's gracious, generous gift of salvation, I just want you to, I want to give you a moment to say, God, I need to stop driving the car of my life and turn over the keys to you and accept your generosity in my life. I acknowledge that you are Lord and Savior and that you died on a cross for me. If this morning for the first time you you are accepting this generous gift of salvation and saying, I'm gonna follow Christ now. I'm saying yes to him. Will you just raise your hand while everybody's praying? Amen, amen, amen. Yes, God, thank you. Thank you that your kindness leads us to repentance, that we realize that we 
cannot live life the way we were. But now we give it to you. Help us be generous as you are generous. And in your name we pray, amen. 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 Well, can we thank JC for a good word this morning? God is good, isn't he? And I know this morning, just sitting in this message twice, I know that God was moving and speaking to a lot of us. Can you agree? And I'll just tell you, if you kind of sat here during service and you felt a little convicted, I'll just encourage you, that was probably the Holy Spirit. So as you go this week, I wanna challenge you to really take these words to heart and pray and ask the Lord, where do I need to give my time? Where do I need to give my energy? What are you asking me to say yes to? What are you asking me to say no to? Does that sound good? Let's stand and we're gonna be done for today, but I just wanna encourage you, make sure if you wanna get signed up for that Rainier's game that you do that today. And also please be praying for our missions team. They'll be traveling back home this Wednesday. We, we really appreciate and they love to know that you're praying for them. So keep praying for them and we'll see you next week. Have a great day.